0: Good evening. How are How is everyone? Good. Awesome. Um. Okay. I had a song going through my head, off and on all day, and um, it's a song that the, the kids sang in for. Well, they sang as a choir. I think it was at Thanksgiving, and um, the, the line that's been going through my head all day is, "I am not alone." And then I don't know how many people saw that um, Rebecca posted that um, the the girls were singing that on the bus. Anyway, I thought that was neat. Anyway, I I looked up the verse in Hebrews where the Lord says, I will never leave you. And there's um, one version says, um, for he has said, I will never under any circumstances desert you nor give you up nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake of you or let you down or relax my hold on you. And um, that is so encouraging, especially on days when you feel like um, your humanness is overtaking the godliness. He says, I will not relax my hold on you. And um, that's how we come up and get up over and become overcomers.
1: Yeah. Thank you. We'd like to uh, we'd like to welcome
2: Patience Mitchell with us. She's yeah. from the ends of
1: the year.
2: Two things um, as we were singing here just the nearness of God and uh, just thinking how uh, appreciative I am and I think we are as a people for how wired God has this just to just like I guess it's kind of like a cow shoot you know what a cow shoot is it just has a way of moving you forward into his his will you get off to the side a little bit, and you you get diverted back. But um, and I, I'm appreciative of that, and I want to be more appreciative um, of God's faithfulness. Right. I was thinking. Um, I guess wasn't certain to, if I should sit, go tonight because I was thinking um, this what I was what I'm going to talk about. I, I thought originally had more to do maybe with the younger generation and the need really uh, to make their relationship with God living and real. And um, but a, a lot of that crowd is gone. Not that you ever speak towards anybody, but but I then started thinking about what I feel like um, you know there's a need for the us older generation to really. Uh, keep keep our relationship alive, and how easy it is uh, you know. It, especially I guess in a context like this where there 's such a bountiful provision i mean any anything um, there's so much that takes place that 's done for us in quality, and i don 't mean just residents here I mean I mean just god 's people further we go but um you know, I, and I guess in this context, there's, I, you know, at times it appears as though there's a few putting a lot of energy in to, to make things happen, which that's an, an appearance. I don't believe that's really the case. And I would encourage, you know, any, anybody who feels kind of on, not on the outskirts or like, just like, what's my purpose or my place? to know that, that that this word is not about trying to make a place for you. There's a place established if you and I will yield and move in it. I never, I'm not, I don't think we are, are subscribed to trying to create something for somebody. If, if you want to get somewhere in God, it, it's got to start on the inside. Quick way to find your place is really to, to get quiet before God. And, and and let him speak to you. Let him talk to you. I think there's a, there's a powerful force of people in our midst that they're not uh, out on the marquee per se. I don't even know. Maybe they didn't even get their picture up, but they are intercessors, and they are they are making a contribution. And sometimes the only way you could tell what someone's doing is if the absence of in the absence of it. Um, so with that. That's just my way of in- introduction. I was thinking, um, for starters here, just I didn't really look at all these pictures so much until just the last few days. It's just like a lot to take in. And I'm always afraid if I stop, then someone's gonna come up and talk to me. So I tried to come over. No, I'm not really. That's the fear I have at times, if I stop someone. But I, I am reminded, just looking at all these pictures, that I think the most meaningful experiences are the ones that we share together. Right. And I'm always reminded of something Sister Betty has said when she would come back from a trip. I haven't heard it recently, mm-hmm. she's been home. But she believes this, that they would be eating at a fine restaurant somewhere, and it just like, she'd have to bring up how much more meaningful it would be to have the rest of us there, and I and I know, I know the rest of you feel that way too. Ron's not here tonight, but we know he, he always would join the party. Yeah, but I think we have come to understand um, the real blessing and the purpose of God is in the is in the cluster. And that he really is bringing his family together. He's going to do it. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it. And if you doubt that and you wonder, can I remind you that uh, of the, at times the amount of division at work amongst God's people is a sure indicator that the enemy believes that God's going to bring a family together. And he's doing everything he can to hurl... Uh, division and uh and in, in all this is happening I love god he he is doing his work he's bringing a family together at a time probably no greater time when the 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 core value of of family is is in jeopardy and being harassed and and just being assaulted is that right I mean just what the family, the family unit stands for is, is just it's like it's on the precipice. It could go either way, but not with God. He's, he's got it in his hand. Appreciate Vernon tonight. He's, just, he's got it all in his hand. He's got a tight grip on us, so we don't always feel it. So the benefit, in a way, of, of what we have together, I think, um, you know, is is a support system. Um, the care and the covering that's provided. You know, they're, they're, I know uh, it's like I, I have needed to be amongst God's people. I, and, and because of that, I mean, I, um, I don't know why God called me this way. It, it, among a people where there's a body flowing. He could have done it as an individual, but... I believe that I needed something, and as a result, uh, here am I, uh, and, and my life has been made better for it, I believe, as a result of what, in, in, in many cases, has been poured into me, the faithfulness of God's people, um, to, to, though I've not always appreciated but it just depressed me to be more than what I think I could have been on my own. Now, pride would say, did you catch that? You, you think about that. What you know, how would you have done apart from God from interfacing and, in, and, and having God's people intersect you at times?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know and I'm saying there's an upgrade as a result of it. Pride would say, "Oh, it's just weakness. You can't do it on your own." Well, that's, that's fine. I think I could have challenged me. You know, I, think, I think God has us on an accelerated course where, we've, where the interface and the interaction and the speaking into our lives has helped further us and further the work of God at an accelerated pace. Yes. What were you going to say, Brother Bill? I was saying, could you do it alone?
1: No,
3: what I was going to say, that every generation since the beginning, get close so I don't have to get it. Um, Every generation has had a lot of people come to God's approval. Yeah. And as, and we don't know when this uh, time is going to be put away and another time coming. But, but the idea is, is really not true that we're all going to be there together at the same time. Because you have to grow. This is an individual thing. Yeah. I would like to be able to say, gee, uh, I, I contact you, I grow more. And, and there is an aspect of health, but the, I'm sorry to take you. No, but no, it's this, good. This is vital. They without us cannot be made perfect. So the last generation that comes to fruition may be very small. Who knows? 150, 200 people only on the earth that have God's approval. But the issue is if you're called, you will get an opportunity to grow to maturity. Even if you're not ready
2: at at finale. Amen. Appreciate that. That's where I'm heading. That that that. So much of it comes down to the work that that is done individually on the interior. Though I am appreciative
1: yeah.
2: of, of what has been brought to me externally. It's only a jump start. It's a tool. It's not a, you know what what's provided for me. And we are a generous group here. Is never meant to to sustain me and carry me on. It's it's a it's a tool to to build, and I really believe. Um, I'll read this. Therefore, having put off falsehood, let each one speak truth to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. That's Ephesians four, and and I think that's happened. And I think it's been it's been a, 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 a it's been a benefit though it's been painful. Um, how many times has somebody said something to you and you it didn't go over it very well? You, you can never go by some someone's looks, you know, they can be misleading because they may take, they may look like there's outright opposition, but most people, they will take something home and sure. stew about it, and either it's gonna come over, boil over, or they're gonna come to their senses and say, you know, I can see something in it, maybe there's, some good in it. And I was thinking about how, how, uh, what a difference this place would be if, if more of us really were, because uh, I don't say there's a lack of this, but there's not the emphasis on speaking to, to one another like we once did. I mean, open confrontation. But I would say there is a need for it. I mean, I think we, we see each other more than what we ever realize. We're more vulnerable and, and truth to tell, if, if we could have the interaction, I think it would be beneficial. Um, on that note, I think there's possibly a, too much speaking ab- about each other rather than speaking to each other. Speaking about each other in safe places. Anyway, here's the point I'm getting to. This is, uh, I read this the other day to a couple of, but uh, it's in, it's. His Brother Sparks in 927. He says, God places the lonely in families. He yes. says, you are never going to find spiritual enlargement just as an isolated individual, separated individual, but in relation with other believers. That is proved by the fact. Now, you're going to modify that? Do you want to you wanna add to that? I'm not... I'm, I'm saying there's probably a balance to that, okay? This, there can be an enlargement apart from interfacing. But this is, when I re- read this, it's like, everything I've heard from from Sparks, it's like this just is a ringer. Because it's just like it's something I, it just connects with what I believe. Um, anyway, it's a spiritual, inla- you're never going to find it as, uh, an isolated, separate individual, but in relation to other believers. That is proved by the fact that it is not always easy for Christians to live together for very long. I'm, I'm paraphrasing this. this is a long, there's a longer version you can find later. It says, When difficulties arise, it is evidently necessary for me to get a new spiritual position to get on top of this. If I'm not going to give it up and leave, I must come to some spiritual enlargement. And that's the growth. It's when the conflict is there and you take it to God, there is a, a, an aspect of growth that accru- accrues. Spiritual enlargement.
3: There's just no such thing as an individual Christian. Yeah. We have to be together. Yeah. Somewhere.
2: Yep. I have to know the Lord in a new way to have more grace, more love, and more patience. So I really believe that in this aspect, God is going to have a family and whether or not I participate in that or to what degree I participate in that. And I'm, I've started about how we are the recipients of so much that's come our way. We we are the beneficiaries of so much. Uh, do you know anybody that's more giving and more outpouring than God's people? I mean, I mean there's a lot of I suppose they are there, but I just know it because I'm hanging around with them. But I really believe to what degree that we really participate in what God is doing as a family, bringing it together, has more to do with with giving than receiving. Right. And and I'll, I want to qualify this because it's is is as, as much as of a giving group as we are. I, I would put out here that our greatest need of giving is really. Giving ourselves
1: first
2: to God. And you you find that in 2 Corinthians 8.4. That they gave themselves first to the Lord. And then to us by the will of God. And I was thinking of... uh, So so there's a need to give. But it starts. It centers on first giving yourself to God. I wonder how much... um, you know, people that have given and have givers remorse, they really weren't giving them. They really didn't give themselves first to to God so that their giving could be according to the will of God. You understand? There's no giving according to the will of God. You will. And I will end up sour. I will end up a little um, probably disgruntled that, that somebody didn't appreciate my giving. If, if my giving was not according to the will of God, it was something that I thought I should try to do. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Just watch out here to, to try to create something or find some way or area to give. It'll evolve as you and I give ourselves first to God, I think. Anyway, God never intended for us to, to, to live on the support, the life support that we receive from, from one another. It really is a jump start. There's no way um, what, what you can give me can ultimately sustain me. That only can come from Father God. Is that right? Galatians 6 says, Bear ye one another's burdens for every man, and, ver- and that's in verse 2. Then it says, For every man shall bear his own burden. know. Yeah, so which, which is it? Right? In the same three or four passages there. One says, bear one another's burdens. A few passages down it says, everyone must bear his own burden. And I really think if you, if you really did some investigative work, the people that, are, that really have a relationship with God, they do both. They bear their own burden and they bear the burdens of, of one another. Right, So it's not either or. It's, it's a combination really of both. But I, I think I read some of this uh, quite a while back when, on this line. The word burden here means invoice. Bear your own, pay your own way. I mean, you can't give your invoice to Brenda to pay here. <laughs> Much as I would like to. And I did recently. I guess and you paid it. And they we're very, very good. But there are some things that only you and I uh, can take care of. And I mean, it's great that we don't have, like, we don't have to worry about, I, I was thinking about this the other day with the, the cost of uh, some of the stuff, just the damage that has have, have, that have taken place as a result of God dumping all this snow on us. Yeah. Like you should ask the question sometimes, how much does that cost? Yeah. Because so much is done for us, and that's a benefit in why, in a way, we live together. But also, it, it can lend itself to really losing the sense of value. What does something, what's it cost like? How much, why do, why do we want to turn out lights when it's broad daylight out? Sun's shining in, you need sunglasses, and the lights are on. Well, is there cost involved there? Anyway, but um, Proverbs, uh, no, this is in Psalms. Psalm 49 says, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give God a ransom for him for the redemption of their soul is precious and it ceases forever. Or in other words, the price is too precious, it's too costly, no ransom could suffice. Right? Nobody, nobody can do it for you. you. You and I have to step up in that sense and respond to the to the the redemption that that's been made available for us. You can't buy somebody's way in. Does that make sense? Right? I mean I'm not, I'm just kind of giving you a little. Um, and I think when we realize how costly that was, that sacrifice, we will want to respond as well. Uh, and, and when you, re- when you recognize, and understand how precious and valuable it is, you know, you, 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 there'd be something welling up. And as we do, that we'll want to make good on it because some, there was a tremendous price paid. So, um, I, and I can't even, I can't give a ransom for my kids. I'm thinking about this. Because our kids, the, the things that our kids go through, it it can be very, uh, very, very painful, and 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 you you want to do anything to spare them. And I think, as I'm saying, there are some things that can't be done for us as adults. There's some things that can't be done for the kids. Yeah. If you hear at the heart of what I'm saying, and I'm not. Uh, Nobody's coming to mind. I just know at times the tendency to, be, to run interference, to step in the way and to take the hit. And we do as much as we can. But, but, but God's got him. He's got him in, in the palm of his hand, I believe. He, he can keep them. He may have to take them through something. And, and all you and I worrying, fretting, and trying to pay ransom, so to speak, is going to prolong it in, in that sense. We're familiar with this passage in Judges. It says, now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them, even as many as had not known the wars of Canaan. Only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war. There's an aspect where, how, how can, I mean, you look at the, just looking around here, you see so many things that happened events. And I I was kidding about a little bit at the beginning of not wanting to talk to people. But there's enough that took place where God definitely moved that that we ought to be asking, what what was that all about? But it's not not enough just to to hear about it. It's got to be something that, you know, something that was so real to me can't easily be transferred to my kid. they got to find their way. they gotta, They got to encounter. They gotta, and i got to step back and let God have their way in their lives so that they can find him anew and afresh. That's the point. That's how they make it their own. We can't create programs here to, for our kids to feel like this is their own. Only God can orchestrate that. And I just say there's plenty of opportunity for our kids and for all of us. To, to, to make this our own in, in terms of really what God's doing to connect in a more significant way. Basically, those carried along, the point of, of the warfare was those carried along, they had to make it their own through conflict and through suffering. That's why they, God allowed them to experience warfare. I once read, and I may have referenced this a while back, it was this, this guy, is a, uh, he's a professor, but he seems like he's got to walk with God. And he was talking about, talking about generations. And, and I'm putting this out as a challenge for us. And he started out, I'm just gonna read the first couple lines. He was talking about historians and sociologists have observed an interesting trend That occurs with groups of people or in communities or even in families. And I think this has been referenced before. It's called the phenomenon of the phenomenon of the third generation. Right. We've heard that term before. Simply put. And this is this is. um, Like what we're not like what we're up against, but what what can happen. If we, if we allow ourselves to, in, to just go into a slide and not, not stay actively engaging the things of God, right? There commonly occurs a deterioration within the community that tends to climax in the third generation. This, you, can just, you can take this or leave it. This, first generation is marked by growth, the second generation marked by entrenchment, I mean, just like absorbing the gains, maintaining, fortifying. And then he says, and the third generation is marked by decline. And he and he references a few different passages in, in the word, one of which was in Moses, Moses and Joshua, and how actively they were involved in all that took place just constantly. Anyway, then then those generations that came after them were tested in war. And, and I think, I was thinking about this, the third generation. Well, I look, we, we have some people rep, that represent the fourth generation in our midst right here. Your family was just here. You know, we had uh, Jack and Zoe, and their, their uh, Phineas would be fourth generation. Uh, these guys over here, right? Um, you have the Hudgens that are here. I mean, so there's, we've already, in some ways, gone beyond. Uh, the deterioration that can occur with the third generation. I'm only pointing it out. it's just uh, that we that we not sit back. Yeah. That we just that we keep keep ourselves in a place where God can can talk to us, where God can intersect us. We're not trying to control things that we really that we really are, are, are in, um, allowing God to work in our lives in a way that really will. Will grow our relationship. I was saying, um, I, I guess you know historically we've been driven by a lot of external needs. When you when you look around, it's just like, in some ways, you know, was, we had the meal deal with John and Carol. They came here in '65, and just is that right? '66 when you moved up here? '67, and just the externals. You, you just had no choice. You just had it. Just moved you forward. We've experienced that when we came in '82. Just the energy that it took to do things. It's like you just didn't have a lot of other times to to get too bored too much. You know, just so much. But now you know there's a different challenge facing the third generation and the fourth generation. And I think it's probably a more difficult challenge than what some of us faced. It's 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 a challenge really to find your way spiritually and and really to 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 really connect with the Spirit of God in a way that that is not going to come from activity. You know, I I am very excited about or activity of programs. And I I have been uh, as many of you have praying for and very excited about the gymnasium that's finally taking shape. We, we had funds for that, and we sat on that for the longest time. And you know, you think if we, it's like, gee, it'd be nice if we had some things we could do here so not all the energy's off the farm. Well, you know, I understand that that, that has a place. It's, it's not gonna do it. As much as I like that gym and I'm excited about seeing walls go up, I, I think it would be more of a challenge and more, more uh, commendable for some of our young people to, to see a breach in walls spiritually here and move into repair and, and, and you know close off a breach you know or just to take that course of action is more commendable and if you if I use that word rightly but just more more of an of a need here that will reap the benefit of that that gymnasium um, I read this line the other day I was actually listening to when I exercise but when Jesus was before Pilate, and, uh, and, and, and G, uh, Pilate says, hey, are, uh, hey, I don't know if he said hey, but he said, hey, are you really the king of the Jews? And Jesus' re- response caught my attention. He says, sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it of me? It's like, huh. That was a ringer when I heard it. Hey, how much of what you and I say is really something that's inspired from within or just something that we're repeating, that we heard? Just repeating what you heard is not gonna take us a lot further. It's, It's good rehearsing, but it's gotta be something that's real. I'm saying this of my own accord. No one told me to say this. You know, when you really, when something is really real in you, in living, you don't need to say, it just, it speaks for itself. What comes out of you is, so, is impartation. We understand that. But that was a good line there. Hey, Say this of thyself, or did somebody else, did you hear it from somebody else? You know. It says here in uh, Luke 1, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. What things are most surely believed that you, that you know? And it's not something that comes over the pulpit here. Something that God has made real. It cannot be taken from you. That means the things that are uh, in the Greek that we're completely assured of, fully persuaded of that's what most surely believe even as they were delivered even as they delivered them unto us which from the beginning we were eyewitnesses and i think god is looking there's there's a, an aspect of what we're all about where he's wanting us to be eyewitnesses we heard some stories you know that's great but what's, what about your own experience I mean, it, 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 you, it, that means self-seeing. I don't mean just like seeing before you believe, but I mean where you, where you put yourself in a place for, for God really to work in you and through you, however that can happen, where you and I take the controls off and let God have his way. Comes really by, by offering on a daily basis, which we heard, the things which are which were made clear—they really they provide security and confidence. You just know what you know. God has made something so clear. You know what is clear to me. I, I guess, and it's painful. Um, is our position? And I don't know where I heard this, but I really believe it. That in some ways, our position is not our... Is not made ours until there's suffering. You don't you don't really own something. It's not it's not made mine unless or until there's some aspect of suffering. You you look what what Paul went through, right? All the external ad- adversity just in order to to make him internally. Persuaded, it, it took that pressure from without. Job, somebody read this not too far back. Job 42: I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. You know, he heard about God, but it was only when he came in and out of the deep valley, and the horrendous things that he went through, that he really came to understand what God was doing, self-seeing, witness. Lastly here, in Philippians 1, it says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And we know the word fellowship there is, is koinonia, which is partnership, Participation, and I'd like to kind of leave us with this line, participation, that that when there's an opportunity or when we're doing something, that's the time to participate, right? Right? And not, not hang on the periphery. You're never gonna make it your own and really be the contributor that God wants, whether here or wherever, in your mer- whatever, until you really get involved. So, some of us, our vision is peripheral. Peripheral vision is always what's going on in the outskirts of things. Right. Always somewhere else when there's something going on. Right. Think about it. You know, it it just the some sometimes it takes everything in me just to come and get involved. If we're doing something, just try to participate. Yes. Try to get involved. I'm just. You can read about um, in Numbers 11 what happened to the people on the outskirts. You know, and maybe, maybe I wondered, I've, I've thought about this. Um, this. This is not a message that, you know, they try to stir us up and to, to try to keep us, it's to try to, you know, stimulate us and, and provoke us to, to really furthering our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And when there's opportunities that present themselves, to, to To be a participant, to participate, koinonia in that fellowship, just to, to be there, right? Be in the center, and um, you know if, there's, if it's if what you're seeing is not stimulating enough, make something else happen. You know, <laughs> bring it on. I'm all, I don't mind that in the bit. Um, anyway, I, I guess just the last line is to think about what what is it going to take for each one of us? Not our young people, the core of them aren't here. But for those of us tonight, really, to to have a significant encounter with God. And you know, to, 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 to break the phenomenon of the third generation that dissipates and does other things, right? Actually, I didn't read this. One of the... Co- in that report um, that I was reading or that, you guys says um, about the third generation. He says, well, it just had to do with, What, what their studies show that the third generation, what comes down ultimately is that every man does what's right in his own eyes. That's one of the characteristics, the contributing factor to the demise of the third generation. I believe we have an opportunity in God that is, that is unique, just by contract. And if we, if we apply ourselves, God will give us what we need to sustain us.
3: I've re- heard that a lot and uh, about the third generation. And... But anybody who has been born from above, a born again experience, there's a new sensibility because everybody else that you see, and even yourself, uh, you were walking I don't know how, is there anybody here who was converted late? I mean very late, like when you were 20, uh, 25, pardon? Yeah, that's, that's kind of late. You probably pushed against things. How about you were going to say, 20, yeah. And, and, but you were walking dead, even then you're a dead person. I was dead before I came alive. And one of the things I've seen, when you talk to people about the born-again experience, they say, I don't really know, I don't remember, and you know, and, and, and that's okay. That's why with little children, when they come forth, it's good to have a book. This is when they are alive. You know, people get hopped up on birthdays. But if you had a little book when they came alive, when you really, when they were really born again, that's something to, to splice the champagne over something. And I, no, something. Uh, but from there, everything is God, uh, with God is going forward. And all of us have to know, when you're talking about the vision, we, we serve a God we can't see because he's invisible. can manifest but usually angels do but but the thing that that we have to understand is that vision regarding God is always a mystery you can't share it you can't give it to anybody else but you know because of the time that it that comes what took place you, you begin to see things in a way you never did. You have a new consciousness of God's presence because He's, he's enveloped you and you are uh, you're beginning a spiritual trip. And, and the problem is because the ongoing aspect of that and, and, and the most important thing you heard tonight is you do not grow. You do not progress outside of suffering, outside of the cross experience where you have to lay down your life. Uh, And and it happens all the time. I have a plan for the evening. Uh, Somebody calls me. They want to break up what my plan was. I have to make a decision. Is what I want to do the most significant thing or should I die here? You understand what I'm saying. And and I just I, I just think the when we're talking about a, gen, I I I don't like the analysis of what happens, you know, in that third generation. Though it may be true, but God has time for you, even if you're a bum. You you do detours. You go your own, whatever direction you're going in. He, when he purchases you, you, purchases you. You have to see that it's ongoing. If you see that it's ongoing, and in and, and, and the middle of that, the most difficult time in your life is when you are all in with God, and you begin to say, "God, I, I'm not going to be tied to the world. My career is not the issue. My, and." And, and the most miserable people on the earth are those that are born again, but aren't going forward. They're not living it, they, they've stopped. I know, I've been there. I've seen long, long delays where I just uh, fed up and I go my way. And I'm old enough to, to be kind of an expert on what I did. And so, you don't have to do that, but if you do, you just don't grow. God doesn't let go of you. Get that uh, clear. And, and the only way you can get it clear is to see what he says. Uh, there are those who are directed. They're, they're not going to come alive. There's nothing you could do to bring them alive. They were born dead. They're going to stay dead. And it doesn't mean that God was not good about that. I, and I can't. These are mysteries that we kind of have to trust in. And you well, you think you're something because you're born again. No, I I I didn't know that. He chose you. You can never say, Well, I really chose I've heard people get up and say, I was desperate, I was lonely. Well, and, and I said, Oh God help. Yes. But he knew you were there. And he knew that whatever corruptive thing you fell in that you would come back. And so, I mean, we've been over this, but the born again, the born, you were born from above. That's not a light thing, but you've heard it over and over, born again, born again, born again, born again, you, you know. and But to be born, from, the better thing is to be born from above. You're in a new dimension. You are Christ walking on the earth to live as Christ. And that's not been something that is 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 continually preached you know and and it's been something we've uh, received and gotten a hold of but for you and me this is a phenomenal opportunity there's nothing greater going on in the earth than you inheriting all that god and his love has given to you and your biggest enemy is your love of yourself My enemy is is self-protection, thinking about me. The mirror that freezes me and has me looking at myself. What did they say? How did I do? Am I an old man being put out to pasture? Yeah, somewhat. Uh, But but the issue is, the less you think about yourself, the most beautiful women in the world, the the fantastic, handsome men are those, as Richard said, they're other-oriented other oriented this is a catastrophe a great waste of time and if i don't care how many years you've been here if you can't make the shift to say god get me off of me amen thank you what's that song my my favorite song i'm sorry that that simeon wrote it and i'm related to him now but i love this song Uh, Fire burns away. What? Yeah. What is the fire that burns it away? What is he talking about in this song when you're singing it? Anybody? What? Suffering. The cross. Self-denying. The greatest heated and miserable times you've had have been the times when you got rooted inside well, thank you, you know. and and uh, let me. I want to say one more thing. The Lord, only thing I brought tonight. I shouldn't shut up, but that's the only thing. But um, it's this: if you say you love God, I want every ear on this. If you say you love God and hate your brother, you are a liar. Because how can you say you love God whom you haven't seen and have seen your brother that you have seen? God help us to know that. And that's really where Richard was. So I guess maybe I was closer to what you were saying anyway, Rodridge. But uh, and, and, and this third generation, uh, I, th- I think, uh, Nathan, I think your, hu- your dad is a third generation, isn't he? Second? Nathan, yeah, isn't he? He's second generation, second generation. All right, well, don't let anybody tell you because you've come along late that you're uh, not as significant as the pioneers. We messed up so bad, I don't know how you can find your way around, amen. Father, thank you for this night. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you're the perfect nurturer and, and you love the world, that's why you sent your son. And so give us an opportunity to get our fix off of us and to love one another as we were called to do for Jesus' sake. Amen.